You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome, everyone, to the PJ's cast. This is our second time of doing this. Um, so today we have Kristen Shelton on of TSN. What's going on, Kristen? Hey, guys. How are you? We are good. Thank you. So, yeah, I we we did it. This is the first time and I completely <laughs> forgot to click record. So uh, exactly a year ago, me and Jimmy had on uh, Charlie Romeliotis of NBC Sports Chicago. And funny enough, a year later, Crazy stuff has happened in the world. We're playing playoff hockey in uh, August, and uh, we have Kristen Shelton of TSN, which is awesome. So with every guest we've had on so far, we have to ask you, what you've been doing during quarantine to stay sane? So have you been reading any books or watching any new me- movies or TV shows? So what have you been doing? Uh, I have been really busy uh, reading, catching up on uh, on all of the books that I buy and never read. So that's been, that's been great. Um, I've watched a couple TV shows. Um, Bloodborne, Ozark, um, some really terrible sort of soapy Netflix series. <laughs> There's a lot of those. There's a lot of those, yeah. Things like that. Uh, so yeah, it's been it's been crazy. I know for everyone, I've just tried to uh, catch up on some of the things I usually miss out on with hockey being pretty twenty four seven most of the time. I have a question to ask you. What kind of books do you like to read? Are you horror? Are you into Stephen King or any of that? <laughs> no, definitely not. I am oh. uh, mostly fiction, um, pretty mainstream. Uh, I've been obviously reading with the uh, climate of the world. I've been reading a lot of um, Black authors, a lot of um, Indigenous authors, trying to learn uh, a lot uh, as much as I can and, and to really introduce some different um, different voices. So I'm That's definitely awesome. much more into That's awesome. educating yourself. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Um, so uh, we have a bunch of questions for you. So which one of you gentlemen would like to go first with the uh, questions? All right, Jimmo, you go at her. Well, uh, first off, I want to say, uh, Kristen, I'm uh, really a big fan. Um, huge inspiration to somebody who's uh, kind of uh, like someone who's really aspired to be a writer. Uh, I just want to say thank you for your work and uh, everything you've done. Um, and you give a wonderful story, and I appreciate that and well, how you've overcome a lot of that. Thank you. Thanks for following along. It's a, It's quite a fun career path. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to say it was funny. Uh, I'm not very good with names. And Pierce mentioned you uh, coming on, and I look at the. I'm like, oh, who is this? I see the profile picture, and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> this, that's who she is. Okay, this is a big deal. This is awesome. So uh, I just want to say I can't stress enough. Thank you for coming on uh, to uh, just a few guys who uh, just you know love making these. Um, my question would be. Uh, I'm a huge Austin Matthews fan. Um, as much as I'm a Blackhawks fan, I love to follow the Leafs. And uh, something I've uh, noticed with him and uh always been uh curious of is the fact that he's as a center he's a very natural goal scorer um that's something you don't see very often uh especially from a number one center and uh 
Uh, I know this this year he's uh, definitely stepped up a lot in his defense, um, his passing ability, sort of his playmaking areas, kind of touching up on that. And uh, I know you worked on his one timer. That was something people talk a lot um, talk a lot about. But I'm curious uh, to you as a Leafs writer following this team, uh, what have you seen from him uh, in terms of development of his all around game this year? Well, I think, you know, when he came in as a rookie, he obviously had that offensive talent. And, um, you know, when you are able to score so early on in your career, I think it really sets a tone for who you are as an offensive player. But in his second and third year, it was just clear that as the league adjusted to him, it wasn't going to be easy to score. Um, not that it's ever easy, but it wasn't going to come as, as maybe easily as it did in his first season where um, players didn't know him uh, as well. So what I've seen over these over this last, I would say, 12 months, um, even going back to last year, is it's more of just that commitment to understanding that, you know, you, you can play below the hash marks if you're Austin Matthews. You don't have to just stay up by the blue line and float around and wait for the outlet pass and um, because it's not always going to come. It's going to end up in the back of your net, and then you're constantly trying to play from behind. So I think he has really started to take ownership of his own game in the defensive sense of he's really skilled with his stick when it comes to takeaways. Um, you could see that in the beginning, but he's gotten so good at that where he can really disrupt the play now. Um, he doesn't use his body as much as he should. I think that he would tell you that. Um, as well. I mean, he's a big guy, but he he shies away from that contact, I think, probably because, I mean, you don't want to get, you know, tied up somewhere in a corner and then the play is happening over here. You want to be in the thick of it. So um, I think just defensively, he's finding a good balance between how to use the physical gifts that he has, whether that's just anticipating a play and being able to disrupt it with his stick, whether it's tracking back for pucks, whether it's back checking, um, but without it coming at the um, expense of his offensive side. And he's not, um, you know, I think about guys like William Nylander just as an example where yes. He, yes. He's, he's more of a floater. He, he sort of floats around and, and he, he doesn't really want to engage <clears throat> too much. Um, but I think what I've seen from Matthews is that he does want to have maybe that little bit of friction if it means he can get a puck, if it means that he can uh, create a turnover. So I think that's where his defensive game has really come the furthest. Yeah, I'd say it's a lot of uh, kind of a new style defense. We're seeing that a bit with Quinn Hughes and players uh, like him where it's not as much physicality, but uh, a lot of stick play. And uh, so, yeah, I, I I would think as well um, not to not at all to insult his uh, his game or his uh, intensity at all, but I would uh, I would assume that you know, those uh, shoulder injuries he's had has uh, definitely not helped, uh, you know, with uh, leaning more towards physicality, I would think. But uh, mm-hmm. maybe that's just my assumption, yeah. No, well, I think he's also had some back issues in his Oh, yes, life. yes. And, yeah. and when you're, you think about guys who have dealt with back issues chronically in their careers, mm-hmm. um, you, you know, he had that surgery to have some hardware removed. Uh, and I think that, you know. Came out of nowhere. Have, yeah, you have to kind of be mindful of your own body. And, and because he is a bigger guy, um, just physically, you can definitely get run down with some of those injuries. So I think some of it probably is self-preservation. But at the same time, when you're six foot two and, and you're 220 or whatever he is. You want to use that. He's a big boy in the corners, right? Like, <laughs> he can smash some people into, yeah. into the boards. But you I said about Nylander, too. That's a guy I talk about. I, lo- I love that guy's game. And, uh, yeah, he's like this. He's no, he's not a small guy at all. He's not. People assume because he's Swedish. He's this, like, skinny, scrawny guy. He's huge. <laughs> yeah. 
he well, he, it's sort of interesting because you saw how Casper Kapanen this year really started throwing his body around and oh and yeah. <laughs> Than, than Kapanen, but I mean, if you saw Nylander lay a check on anyone, you'd be like, you'd be like the the earth is freezing, hell is freezing over. But that's not. I would be surprised at this point, but yeah. Every everyone has their own style, and uh, I think that you know Matthews just is is adding different elements to his repertoire. And given the frustration, I think after this playoff loss, once he can combine all of that together, um, he he's going to be one of the most dangerous two way centers in the league. Yeah, before I get to somebody else, I just have to say I think I, uh, I think Matthews is gonna absolutely I, uh, I think the comeback season is gonna be a thing for him next year, especially with how he's developing. So uh, yeah, really cool to hear your insight on that. Actually, I really appreciate that. Yeah, of course. All right, so uh, Vinny Spencer, you guys? Yeah, I'll uh, I'm gonna go next. Um, so Kristen, I just want to say as someone who's, you know, aspiring to kickstart a career in sports media, mm-hmm. um, it's really cool to be on with you. As, as someone that's on TSN that's obviously that's like uh, as, about as high up as you can get in the sports media <laughs> world so this is awesome I want to say that um, I guess my question <laughs> my question for you is um, so with with the loss to Columbus and you know with the Toronto media and I guess the fans uh, things kind of get blown out of proportion a bit I, I've seen a lot of people slandering uh, guys like Mitch Marner and Sheldon Keefe. And and uh, after the loss, you saw Tortorella come to Keefe's defense. And I just want to gather your thoughts on that. Like, what are your thoughts on um, just uh, things like that and the, the media and fans kind of blowing things out of proportion? Yeah, you know, I think Toronto is, is such a passionate hockey market. The... Um, the roots run so deep here. And I thought Brandon Shanahan put it really well yesterday where he said, you know, the Leafs haven't advanced past, you know, that initial playoff round in 16 years. They haven't won a cup in 53 years. And you inherit some history as every player does, every new regime does. It's not all you. It's not like Kyle Dubas's fault that the Leafs have made the second round of playoffs in 16 years, but you're saddled with that. You That falls on to you. It falls on to Sheldon Keith. It falls on to... Austin Matthews, you are inheriting um, a really sad postseason history with this team. Um, And and so I think that that's part of it is that every mistake that the organization has made over the years ends up coming down the pipe again at times like this, where it's like they can't win. They're too soft. They're not getting the right players. Well, if they haven't been getting the right players for 16 years, you've had like, what, eight GMs in that span? You've had multiple guys had Lou Lamarillo, you've had Brian Burke, you've had Dave Nonis, you've had so many different bodies. It's it's obviously not one guy's fault, but I think that the the frustration for fans especially comes from why is it that other teams seem to get it together at least every like 10 years, and yet the Leafs are still sitting here like, you got Austin Matthews, you got Mitch Marner, you signed all these guys, John Tavares picked you. Why is it not working? Why does it work for everybody else except for us? I think there's um, some frustration in that. But with Sheldon Keith especially, I thought the criticism against him was that he panicked and that he he you know did he was too desperate. And John Tortorella, I think his point in coming to Keith's defense was that you know you you don't always know the nuances of a game if you're not the one inside it. You don't know what your players are yeah. saying closed doors you don't know where they feel most confident and William Nylander said you know 
Sheldon asked me if I wanted to play center in game five. And if I didn't think I could do it, I could have told him that I didn't want to. But I told him I could. And if that wasn't good enough, then that's on me. Like, it's not his fault. It's a great point. Toronto's a tough market. It's a tough, um, I think it's a tough fan base to win over. But it's just because they want to win so badly. And they haven't seen it in so many regime changes. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's it's very interesting that you bring up that point about, uh, you know, things building up over the years and 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 especially now, uh, now that they're in a position where it's like, all right, we got to get something done here. Let's we got to go on a run and it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And I think that just that sets that sets it off for everyone. Yeah, and it's because you're you're supposed to be better than this, and they should be better than this, and you can put it on the coaching if you want, you can put it on the personnel if you want, but the good players that they do have did not get the job done in the sense that you get shut out twice in five games. Yes, they were. I think Columbus was like the best, uh, you know, the best defensive team against the rush. Certainly, um, you know, your top three defensive team all year. Yes, it's going to be tough to score goals, but the Leafs were also like a top three offensive team all year. So yeah. you didn't do. You They're didn't, not bad offensively. Yeah, they got yeah. some weapons. Yeah, um, just a couple. Um, there's a couple good players on this team, and they still didn't get it done. So it's it's a sense of like, why are the Leafs snake bit when even when they get the good players, the good players aren't doing what you need them to? Like, look at the Blackhawks, for example. You might be paying. Kane and Taves a ton of money and you're pissed off about it now, maybe at the end of their careers or at the end of their contracts, but, um, but at least we got some, yeah. you got something out of it in the beginning. So I think that yeah. that's yeah. where it sort of cushions the blow a little. I think the agree. thing with the Leafs is every, every mistake is 53 years. Three years in the making. Every loss is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Century. And, and, and there always has to be someone to blame, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's not even philosophical. I know I saw a lot of criticism about whether the philosophies are off. I don't think it's that so much. <laughs> I think people are a little bit reaching with that one, yeah, in my opinion. Oh, well, they don't have enough grit. They don't have enough of this or that. And the thing is, grit isn't necessarily having, you know, a, a Ryan Reeves coming out and, and burying guys into the boards. Grit is a mentality. Yeah. Grit is a let's dig yeah. in and let's play hard. And the least It's a mentality. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. the Blue Jackets absolutely have that. It's, it's it reminds me uh, the Hawks are playing the Golden Knights, and both teams play very alike in that sense. It's just hard nosed. You know, they, they win the battles. There, it's their puck, and they're going to take it from you. And I don't see that. Um, like I, I don't see that coming from uh, Toronto, you know, night in night out. No, and that starts with the coaching staff. I mean, you saw Tortorella on the bench just ripping Dubois, yeah. and they're they're going at each other. They're like, you know, but but that's where. You get in the trenches with your coach, and you know that your coach is as invested as you are. I think exactly. that fans want to see a little bit more of that. You that need intensity like that, exactly. Yeah. I completely. That's I. Yeah, like I feel like, uh, and this is not my. It's my opinion. I'm not saying this is you, Kristen, at all. Um, so if anybody takes this out of context, please don't. Um, I feel that the the issue is, and it's kind of been this way in Toronto for a while, is just it's and I hate using this word so overused, but I feel like it's just they're soft. And it's not they're soft physically, they're so, it's the mentality. You know, they break easily, they fall apart easily. And it's it, it almost feels indicative of the entire fan base where this mistake happens and the world's over. It's fifty three years on your yeah. back. Yeah, the world falls apart. And uh it, it seems to just it seems to happen a lot, whether it's Babcock, whether it's Keith 
you know, whether it's God, whether it was Carlisle, it just seems to happen with this this franchise, not even just the team. <laughs> no, yeah. I I think that there's there is something to that argument. <laughs> it's that Mike Babcock always used to say that the Leafs needed some battle scars. They needed some guys who were willing to um, stand up to their teammates and and you know when someone's not playing the way they need to, really just kind of getting in their face and. That to me is you can talk about soft. I don't. I think that that's the opposite of soft. That's somebody who's willing to um, sort of put themselves on the line for their team and, and isn't worried if you if you like what they have to say or not. You're not worried about what's going to happen after because you know that in the heat of the moment, all that matters is winning the game. Exactly. So that's where the Leafs again. It goes back to mindset and mentality. I think they personally have the talent that they need. Oh, they have all of it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just they need a different mindset. No, they have. I'd say they have. Besides Sampa, in my opinion, I think they have the best team on paper. Absolutely. It's, it's in their wise, Yeah. Yeah. I, I have to ask you going on from that. It's a complete mental thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Going on from that, Christian, like this is fully opinions. I'm not going to go and uh, post an article saying you've uh, confirmed anything. But who do you think possibly, uh, like, you know, looking at this roster, there's a bit of a cap crunch. It's not as bad as people say. But do, do you see anybody getting moved, like, out of opinion? Who do you think would be most likely to be moved? Um, just going off of, you know, top of your head. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it really depends on what's out oh, sorry, there. Sorry, I should add. Uh, w- sorry, I apologize. I forgot to add. Where, like, What parts of their team do you think they need to strengthen uh, with moves? I apologize. Well, I think that what's obviously most lacking is you need a partner for Morgan Riley. Um, I think you need that number one defensive pairing. I think Riley is one half of that for sure. Um, but you need a guy to play with him. And the... <laughs> What's uh, they need a partner to play with him, and I think especially if you lose CC and Barry and Breeze, which they most likely will. Um, right, right. The question of who they give up, I think, just depends on who's out there. And if you can get a Seth Jones, just to use him as an example, you will. Yeah, he's all right. <laughs> like you, you have to give something up, um, obviously. Uh, something big, and and if you could get that caliber of defenseman, would you be willing to part with the William Nylander for it? I think you'd be crazy not to. You have yeah. to. You just yeah. have to. At this point, yeah. But will but are you, are you maybe more likely to get a second pairing defenseman, or maybe Casper Kapanen, then come and maybe he ends up because the role he's playing in Toronto is not even necessarily the role that he might be best in. Casper Kapanen. With a team that has less offensive talent and he could play a top six role, um, I think that he could definitely do that. But here he's kind of in the third line checking role now, and there's nothing wrong with that either. You can make a great career out of that, but yeah. he's always more of a pure goal scorer and he might be really valuable to a team that's looking for that. Um, so those would be my top two. I, I think people who are trying to say that Mitch Marner's on the trade block. I think they're crazy. No, no, Come he's on. not. Like, Come on, five games of playoffs. He doesn't play. He doesn't play to eleven million, and all of a sudden he's awful. No, he, he like you look at Matthews. I mean, I think that Mitch Marner could be one of the best two-way players at his position as well. Oh, he's fantastic defensively. We don't yeah. talk about that. Yeah, he's really good. He just there's some areas of his offensive game that he needs to have a little more confidence in and make himself more. I think multifaceted, and that's going to make a big change for him. But. I would say um, what the Leafs give up is really going to depend on the caliber of what is available to them. Um, but I can't see them doing nothing. I, they, they can't not do something. They're not going to have anybody to play defense if they don't do something. 
I've been saying for a while, uh, a guy in the Blackhawks that I like for them is Connor Murphy. Um, really underrated right-handed shot, like one of the most solid defensive players uh, in the conference. And uh, he comes from a four mil, and I've been kind of pushing this. My uh, yeah, my ten followers, you know, ten people will see my tweet, uh, kind of narrative. Um, that he would fit in there well, but uh, I guess you know it's anybody uh, they can find. I'm sure they'll, you know, they'll work out. I'm sure I know Dubis is uh, doing his best. So uh, yeah, we'll see what happens there. I guess. Okay, Thank we'll, you. We'll get we'll get Spencer in here real quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Spencer. Dude, yeah. No, it's all good. Uh, so I wanted to get to Nick Robertson's role on the Leafs next year. Quick, uh, he showed lots of promise in their exhibition game against Montreal in the qualifying round against Columbus. Uh, proved he's capable of getting some power play time as well with his. His playmaking abilities, puck handling abilities, poise with puck, his compete level as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if he does end up making the roster full time, could he potentially play in a top six? At worst, I'd say a top nine role for the Leafs next season with power play time with the strides he took this year, especially in the last few weeks, and uh, instead not go back to the OHL. Yeah, you know, I think that Robertson probably exceeded my expectations in terms of what he was capable of. I thought that he never looked out of place in any uh, of the games that he played. And obviously he scored, um, which is great for his confidence. Um, My only question with Robertson is, does his work ethic match his talent level in a full season? Can he keep up where he was at for a long period of time? Because if you're going to kind of put a guy into that role, even if if it's a top nine role, let's call it, you need someone you can rely on there. And that's some, somewhere where the Leafs kind of got burned with Pierre Engvall last year because he was so up and down. He couldn't sustain the, um, the the parts of his game that they needed over a long period of time. So it's great that Robertson looks like he shot out of a cannon every night. But can you do that 82 times? Can you handle the grind of the travel and – or? We don't even know if it's going to be travel, I guess. But can you handle the grind of practicing every day, practice, play, practice, play, and still be able to bloom? Um, Everything good? It's just he has to be to um, continue bringing that work ethic uh, level every single night and I, I like him with John Tavares to be honest I, I thought he played really well uh, in that spot I think he raised his game nicely so I could definitely see him in a top nine role next year all right Kristen I have one more question to ask you I want to before you go and I would just want to again thank you for being gracious with your time and getting back and coming on and I just wonder if there's maybe any comparison between uh, this Toronto Maple Leafs team and the Washington Capitals before they won because the thing with the Washington Capitals it was like oh Ovechkin could never uh, could never win even though he's the one showing up and the thing always on Washington was they never got those uh depth goals they never got uh like a goal like like a player like Devonte smith pelly or brett Connolly or Lars eller step up for them till that they won that year so i'm just wondering if there's kind of some similarities between those two teams and maybe some players that in their system that could uh jump up and fill maybe that like Devonte smith pelly role Lars eller or brett Connolly kind of role yeah, I mean, I think that the Leafs have, um, you know, some players still in their system that I could see being in sort of a a fourth-line role. I mean, it depends. I mean, I think a Jason Spezza is really what they need again for next year. I think they'd be crazy not to re-sign him for the league minimum, if possible. Um, I think that the, the similarity I see between the Leafs and those Capitals teams is that it took – a lot of disappointment for the Capitals to finally play the way that they had to to win a cup. 
and the Leafs have been disappointed again and again. And at a certain point, you get tired of losing. And, you know, you it may not be as easy as you thought it might be coming out of junior and your top pick and you think, okay, like we're going to have this great team. Um, I think Washington for a long time, they thought, you know, a good regular season is going to lead to postseason success. But teams just, it's a different animal. It's a different beast. And you, you get disappointed so often that you kind of harden. And I saw that Caps team kind of harden. And they just started believing that no matter what they faced, because they'd been through it before, they could handle it better the next time. So the Leafs are still trying to find that hardness, I think, to themselves. Um, but they, they need guys like Spezza um, to keep to, to bring the edge and, and to be the guy who, who's yelling and, and who's bringing the passion and the energy and reminding yeah. being kind of the Ovechkin. Although I will say that I think Matthews has that potential as well to be the guy who's not afraid to call people out and, and the guy who can, um, you know, try to harden things up a little bit so that it's you know you might not like what he has to say but what he has to say is is right and it might piss you off but it's going to um you know maybe inspire some better performances so uh, I think that in terms of a comparison between the two teams you know Ovechkin himself said it best that until you play for each other you're not going to get where you want to go you have to be a team and and I think the Leafs are realizing that when they play as a team and they play that team game, they're a lot better off than, than when they play as individuals. So uh, if they can get the right mix of forward um, veteran forwards to go with their young guys, uh, I really like this team's chances um, of making more of a run, assuming they can do something about that defense. All right. Thank you so much, Kristen. Uh, Fortunately for the people listening who submitted Twitter, questions uh fortunately we're out of time but again thank you Kristen, for being so uh gracious with your time answering back and uh coming on the show it means a lot to us and uh all of us that are kind of aspiring to be in sports media your story is just something that's so inspiring so once again thank you for coming on hope you stay safe and uh keep living the dream because it looks like you have the dream job thank right now much. thanks so much guys have a good one you as thank well you. bye